of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Today I want us to look at uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, we are in the Passion Week and um, tomorrow is Good Friday. So I think it would be good for us to remind ourselves, particularly, of what Jesus actually has done to bring us to where we are today. Somebody said it cost so many people so many things to bring me to where I am today. My parents, all the sacrifices, my teachers, from kindergarten to primary school to secondary school, my lecturers in the university, what about my professional mentors? What about my pastors? I can never forget the pastor of our church when I was growing up, Reverend E.O. Akimbala, First Baptist Church Cardinal. I can still recount some of the messages, some of the sermons he preached. So our pastors, our superiors in our professional spaces. So we can go on and on and on and on. A lot of people will have sacrificed one thing or the other to bring us to where we are today. Jesus sacrificed his life to keep the world going, to keep us in dominion as God has created us to be here. So let's talk about Jesus today. Thank you. So for my opening scripture, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26 from verse 47 and while he that is Jesus was still speaking Judas one of the twelve with a great multitude with swords and clubs came from the chief priests and elders of the people now his betrayer had given them a sign saying whomever I kiss he is the one is the one season Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of them, who were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servants of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think I cannot pray to my Father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scripture be fulfilled? That is must happen thus. Praise the Lord. Now, these were part of the events that led to his crucifixion. I just kind of picked a bit right there for ease of understanding and explanation. So this was where he was arrested. And I want you to notice, he was betrayed. And he was arrested. And at that time, one of his disciples would fight and pull the sword and cut off the ears of one of the servants of the high priests. But Jesus, as a matter of fact, other part of the Bible says he picked it up cleaned it and put it back there right there and then 
he was still performing miracles. And then he warned that, please don't do that. I'm able to fight for myself. I'm able to call on my father to send 12 legions of angels to come in my defense. A legion is 6,000. One angel is enough to finish a whole national army. He said he will send, I could call him to send 12 legions, 12 times 6,000 of angels. But he didn't do that. He said the scriptures must be fulfilled. So where I'm going is this particularly, the first thing I want to say today is this, that the death of Jesus was deliberate. It did not die by accident. It was an intentional death. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of a song that we sing all the time. It says, he really didn't have to die. He really didn't have to die. He really didn't have to die, but he did. You know why? He loves humanity. So he died for you and me. He really didn't have to die, but I'm glad he did. So you see, he really didn't have to die, but he did. He did. Why? Because he loves humanity. He chose to die. That's what I'm saying. It was of his own volition. It wasn't a death by accident. Many would die by accident. Many would die from sickness. Not because they want to die. Nobody wants to die. But here was a man that was born to die. Remember what he said to the church, to a church in Revelation, he said, I was one who was alive, died, but I'm now alive forevermore. So he chose to die. Look at this scripture, John chapter 10, from verse 17. Here Jesus was speaking. He said, therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Verse 18 says, no one takes it from me. But I lay down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So you can see that he chose to die. And he died by himself. Given that by the hands of the Roman soldiers. No, it was because he chose to die. Jesus was and still is such that you can't kill him. The Bible says that he's the creator of everything. John in chapter 1 says, all things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. In the book of Revelation, he says, oh, by him were all things and they are made for his pleasure. In the book of Colossians, he said, all things consist in him. So he's not the one to be killed, but the one that I've chosen to die. So we are saying, now you're saying Pastor Tao. Okay, fine. He died intentionally. He chose to die. Why would he do that? That is the crux of the matter. That's what we want to look at today. That's where it affects you and I. I'm glad you are following attentively. Praise the Lord. So why did he die? Number one. He died for you and I. Okay, this is what we hear all the time. How? 
Why? The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 to 9. Let me open quickly. Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 9. This is one of the prophecies of his birth. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are here. So why did he die? Every reason why he died was for you and I. In verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He died for you and I. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth because he chose to die. He didn't say a word. Every word he uttered in his lifetime was authority, was law, was a command that heaven and hell and earth we have to obey. He didn't open his mouth. He took the maximum punishment. And as a sheep before his sharer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and we will declare his generation. He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Praise the Lord. So we can see why he died. If you, just, if you have been documenting everything we have been reading, or go back and read it, your peace, my peace, my salvation, my joy, come on, my healing, your healing. I mean, the sum totality of our life was taken into consideration. And in doing it, he never complained. He chose to die. Why? So that I might live. So that you might live. Now, Pastor Tao, you keep on saying this. Uh, we've heard that. But why would things be this way? I'll show you. But before then, First Peter 2.24, that buttresses what I've just read. I want you to see that quickly. First Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes we were healed. So you can see the same thing being corroborated here. Jesus died for you and I. Jesus died for the sins of the world. He died to save us. He died to heal us. He died to protect us. He died to preserve us. He died to restore our joy, our peace, our authority on earth. Praise the Lord. So look at, this is, this is the working of the matter. The Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 20, it says, the soul that sinned shall die. Man sinned. Man committed high treason in the Garden of Eden. Man fell. Hello? And the Bible still made it clear to us in Romans 3, 23. It said, for all have sinned. So don't say, no, some people. No, no, all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. It was David in Psalm 51 who said, it was in sin I was conceived. In sin I was born. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nobody is spared 
And remember, the soul that sin shall die. There is a punishment for sin. There is a punishment from digressing from the ways of life that God has made available for us. So it remains that everyone born of a woman will have to be punished. So how can we escape? The Bible makes it clear still. In Hebrews chapter 9, in verse 22, 22b, as a matter of fact, Hebrews 9, 22b, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Now, get it right. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The soul that sin shall die. Hello? So how do we come out of it? He said, without the shedding of blood. So if we can have blood, offer blood, it will provide a way of escape. And this explains why all through the Old Testament, there were all kinds of sacrifices of goats, of rams, of turtle dogs, of, I mean, the blood of animals. And it continued until Jesus came. Why would that be? Because all what we see in the Old Testament were prototypes. They were models. They were pointing to the actual thing that will happen, the actual one to come. If you still look at that, Hebrews chapter 9, 27, I read, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin or salvation. So he is the one and everlasting sacrifice with his death and resurrection there is no need for sacrifice again but how can this one now begin to bear in a situation how can we begin to actualize what has happened so he came to die for you and I he came that we might be all that he has created or that God has created us to be so it becomes important that he died so what are you saying, Pastor? I mean, he died a substitutionary death. He died in my place and in your place. He died the death that I should have to die for myself. He died the death that you should have to die for yourself. Now, you know, I talked about my pastor when I was growing up. I remember a story he shared once. He said in this European um, town, the law was such that Certain crimes will attract death penalty. And the death penalty was such that you'll be put on a stake and you'll be burned to death. And this young man, maybe a teenager, committed some terrible thing. And the town found him guilty. They tried him. And trials in those days, the whole, the whole town were gathered. And they found him guilty. And so they fixed the day of his execution. But before anybody will be killed, the city bell will have to ring. That is, they had to ring the bell. The bell will signal the commencement of the execution. So the judge gave the go-ahead. The executors were ready. He was tied to the stake. Everybody was said just to ignite they waited for the bell it didn't ring so they started again 
they got to the same place, waited for the bell. And the bell ringer did all he could. They could see him sweating, pulling the gun, pulling it, pulling it. It just did not ring. Oh. Now people are getting disturbed. They did it a third time. It did not ring. And their constitution was such that after a third time, you may have to now stop and postpone it. So they stopped. Then the judge now began to review what happened. I was wondering what went wrong. What went wrong? What could be wrong? Why couldn't the bear be, be wrong? And then they, they went searching. When they got there, they now found that there was a woman. And every time the bell was pulled to ring, she would put her hand there. So her hand was being battered, battered, battered. I mean, her fingers were crushed. It got to her elbow. She would not allow it to ring. It was pain. It was a horrible scene. It was flesh everywhere, blood everywhere. By the time they brought her down, they brought her down for judgment. Now, why did you do that? Why will you prevent a city execution? Why will you go against the constitution of our people? She pleaded guilty and she apologized that she did not set out to disobey. But she would rather die for her son. That the boy you saw there happened to be our only son. The judge for a moment stopped, looked at the woman risen in pains, and for whom they were not sure would even survive the afflictions of the injuries that she had acquired, he set the boy free, saying that somebody had paid the price. I will never forget this story. It was my pastor, when I was in the primary school, attending church with my parents, that shared that story. You see, the Bible says, but I venture for a good man, somebody will give his life. But Jesus, who knew no sin at all, the Bible says he knew no sin. People will have to die for their sins. But he never committed a sin. First Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21, said he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he died for you and I, substituted for us in the place of punishment and judgment. Now the question is this, are you ready to receive him today? At least to accept the love which is extending towards you. How do you coin all these things that I've said? The Bible puts it this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, on the side of Jesus, he loves you so much that he laid down his life for you, like that woman did for her son. Will you accept the offer? Now, the truth is this, that you are alive and well today is the grace and the mercy of God. Come on, the corona era is enough to teach us all lessons, to let us know that God is still in control of things, and that if only we trust him, the Bible says that it's only through the mercies of God that we are not destroyed. Why? Because his compassions are new every morning. They are for you and I. They are there for our taking. But will you accept and escape the damnation that is coming? This past few weeks, the fear that gripped the whole world. Amazing. And that's just one. What about the case of the asteroid that they've said they've been tracking for some months now? And it says it's flying so close, it's coming, it's, we're passing so close to the earth. 
and was so scared that if it gets close to a certain to a certain level, it will mean the total extinction of life on Earth. And people are afraid. As a matter of fact, it's been postulated that it will happen this month. But never need to worry. The same merciful God, working through scientists, have come to say there's nothing to worry about. The distance will be fair enough. So all these things point to one thing. God still rules in the affairs of men. And if only men would trust him. If only men would turn to him. Now, the second reason why he died, to establish and to model the love of God on earth. You'll agree with me that we really don't qualify. We are not qualified for this. We don't deserve it. What we deserve is the punishment of God because the soul that sinner shall die. And the only escape is through the shedding of blood. And so he shed his blood. So what are you talking about love? Hey, the Bible says, why were yet his enemies? He chose to die for us. He chose to die for us. Romans in chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love. That's what I'm saying. Towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to be clean. He died for sinners. I was lost in my sin when he came for me. You don't need to change anything. Just turn to him today. Believe him and accept what he's offering you. That's all I'm asking for. We don't need to wait for another corona. We should have a safe heaven. He that dwells in the secret place of the most shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If anyone turns to him and accepts him, he said he becomes a new creature. All things are passed away. Now, let me continue. He says, but God, verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, that is, those of us who were born again, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, verse 10. For if when we were enemies, did you hear that? If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So what am I saying? He came to demonstrate and establish God's kind of love. The kind of love that would die for one's enemy. It's, it's only God. And that's the kind of love that is shared abroad on the hearts of every believer. So, number one, for you and I. Number two, for his enemies. Now, such actually was the case of Saul of Tarsus. Heading for Damascus. Killing and maiming Christians. Throwing them into jail. Killing as many as he could. He had an encounter. He was, an, he was a stark enemy of God. As a matter of fact, in that encounter, Jesus said to him, he came down, I mean, he was knocked off his horse. He said, midday, he saw light brighter than the sun. He became blinded. He fell off. He was knocked off his horse. He was leading a team. And while he was still camping on the ground, he heard the voice of Jesus saying, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Who are you? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is difficult to kick against the gods. Now, can't you see that he was an enemy? He was a leader. He's that enemy of the cause of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, he came for him. You know, you know, you know the next thing he said? He said, ah, what do you want from me? He said, I've come to choose you and to show you how much you must suffer for the cause of this gospel which you're persecuting. He says, now look, you've been led into the city and I'll be giving you instructions thereafter. The rest of the story is amazing. How God will now go talk to a man who was hiding somewhere and praying against the attack that was coming. God said, stand up, go and pray for Saul. He said, sir, he's a murderer. He said, I know, but I've dealt with him. You go pray for him so I can go inside. I've told him how much he's going to suffer for the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, if one man outside Jesus Christ suffered, I mean, Jesus and the apostles, he was an apostle too, suffered, Paul suffered. If one man had a revelation of why Jesus came more than anybody on earth, Saul so will later become Paul. Can't you see now that no matter how far gone you are, no matter how much of an enemy you are, no matter how deep into or the occult you may be, he's waiting for you today. So, what are you saying I should do? I can, I can hear your question. Again, let me give you quickly an example in the Bible. In Acts chapter 16, this same Paul now was now arrested, beaten into uh, his back, was broken, his arm broken, put into stocks and put into dungeon, awaiting trial, awaiting probably an execution. Why? Because he was preaching the same gospel that he was persecuting before. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and his companion, Silas, they prayed and they sang praises. Mm. And God came in there. And there was an earthquake. The Holy Ghost filled the arena. Prison, the prison that had never experienced that before experienced it for the first time. And that is the heritage of the righteous. You carry God in you. The Bible said every chain was broken. Every door was flung open. So everyone who was a slave, who was a prisoner, was set free. But something more astounding happened. What was it? Nobody thought of escaping. The miracle that happened saw the conversion of people of their souls. Hardened criminals became righteous. They continued singing and enjoying the presence of God, even when they could run. Now, when the jailer, who was fast asleep, can you imagine the wisdom of God? When he woke up and discovered what happened, he picked his sword and wanted to kill himself. Paul answered from the dark. He said, hey, don't do that. We're all here. No one is missing. Everybody is here enjoying the presence of God. When he came, he fell on his knees. Look at it. The jailer now became the prisoner. <laughs> there are many people who seem to be free out there. They are, they are prisoners to one thing or the other. Some are prisoners in their hearts, prisoners to substance, prisoners to all kinds of fears. And so he fell on his knees and he asked, he said, and what, and what did he say? He said, what must I do to be saved? The same question you're asking now. And Paul answered, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household, 
and you shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. You and your entire household. So what am I saying? All you need to do is believe. Will you believe the sacrifice that he, did, that he offered you of his life on the cross of Calvary? Which is why we celebrate Good Friday. Will you believe it? Will you accept it? If you will do that today, your life will change. It will be a new beginning for you. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, I promise you, it will be a new beginning. I'm not saying that you won't go through trials again. No, 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 you will. But you will never go through trials alone. Just like we're all going through corona. But some know the God they serve. They know they are never alone. In the time of trouble, it will hide you in this pavilion where under the shadow of the Almighty. When people are saying they're still casting down, you'll be saying they're still lifting up. I mean, there's so much to it. Your deliverance is involved. Your future is involved. Your eternity is involved. There's too much to lose if one does not make this decision. That's why I'm glad that you made it today. So if you're seeking your body, can I pray with you right now? The Bible says he sent his word and he healed the sick so there's no distance in the spirit. So if you want me to pray with you, just put your hand on whatever means you're using to hear me. That's just a point of contact. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I release the healing virtue of God right now. And I speak solution to every problem in your body. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. And I decree and I declare the word of God, which says, by his stripes you are healed. I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Because indeed, by his stripes, you are healed. He shed his blood. His back was broken just to ensure your healing. So receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Peace in your home, I decree peace in the name of Jesus. I restore the joy of God over your life. The Bible says even when you go to trials, you can restore joy. I restore that joy into your life in the name of Jesus. I restore abundance into your life, supplies in the name of Jesus. Men will point to your bosom. God will always come through for you. I decree the favor of God over your life, whether by day or by night. And I say it is well with you in the name of Jesus. So how do we enjoy Good Friday? Focusing on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Oh, we give him praise, we give him honor. Let all the glory belong to him. Father, we worship in Jesus' name. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12th Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.